Hello everybody, it is Michael and I'm back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate your continued support of the show. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to leave a like. If you're listening on any audio app, make sure to download. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five star. And yeah, let's get right into the show. We got a lot to talk about today. First, I'm going to talk about some of the teams that are eliminated from the playoffs and some interesting stuff that's going on. We got the Jim Boylan firing, the Alvin Gentry firing, uh, Pedro Stoyakovich and Vladdy Divac stepping down for the Kings. And then I'm going to be giving you guys my playoff predictions. So yeah, let's get right into it. First, I want to talk about the Jim Boylan firing. Now, obviously, this needed to be happened. If you're an NBA fan at all, you should know Jim Boylan is... Well, was the worst coach in the league. He made so many mistakes in his short stint as Bulls, as the Bulls coach. And yeah, it just needed to be happened. His time was long overdue there. It was honestly surprising they didn't fire him earlier. But now they got the new management in. And they seem to make a lot of changes there. So I really like them firing him because he just really messed up the culture for the Bulls. The players didn't seem like they wanted to play for him. Even when they would like hit a big shot and they'd be celebrating, they wouldn't celebrate with him. Nobody really seemed to like him on that team. There was a play earlier that really stood out to me and just shocked me that an NBA coach allowed this to happen where their uh, rookie backup center, Daniel Gafford, uh, sprained his ankle and he, he wouldn't even call a timeout to make sure he's good. And he was laying on the floor in pain, so... Yeah, I really didn't like Jim Boylan as a coach, and I'm just excited for this new era as the Bulls, because even though I'm not a Bulls fan by any means, it's always just fun and exciting when the Bulls are good. They're such a big market team, and they got a lot of players that are super intriguing. Their future is really interesting. Obviously, Larry Markkinen had had a down season this year, but that could be easily uh, because of Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan didn't really have him getting the ball in his system a lot, and Larry Markkinen's much more than a spot-up shooter, and that's kind of the role he had him in. Just the things that Jim Boylan would say is so unprofessional. Like, when Larry Markkinen was asking for more touches because his touches were down by, like, half, and that's a big reason why he wasn't good. He wasn't getting the ball nearly enough at all. And then Jim Boylan's saying you should get more defensive rebounds to get more touches. He's having them run suicides. He's having them do like military push-ups like they're a high school team. He's disrespecting the players. They had to have a, had to have a meeting at one point last year because he was doing these things. They were practicing after back-to-backs, which basically no team does. He just seemed super unprofessional, and it's kind of shocking because he's been around for a while. Obviously, this was his first chance at being a head coach, but he's been an assistant since, like, the 80s. He's been an assistant under Greg Popovich, and it's just really weird that he was such a bad coach. So I like this new era that the Bulls are moving into. Kobe White is a super interesting player. He was on fire right before the season ended. Zach Levine is another interesting player where I don't know necessarily how much he leads to winning, but he's definitely a great scorer, great shooter, uh, still working to expand his game, improve on things other than scoring. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., very good player, uh, has struggled definitely to stay healthy, but when he is healthy, 
He can be an Al Horford type player where he can be a solid passer out of the low post, good mid range shooter. Hopefully he can expand his game out to the out of three point shot. I would really like to see that. But he's a really good defender and I really like him. I really like Daniel Gafford as a good energy guy off the bench. Otto Porter's a solid wing. Chandler Hutchinson has some potential. But the big overarching thing for this team is that they need a culture change, and they definitely need health. And with those two things, I definitely think they could be in contention for the playoffs next year. So hopefully they can get a good coach. I would love to see them get Kenny Atkinson because Kenny Atkinson, the way he changed that uh, Brooklyn Nets team where they had so many guys who were on one-year contracts who could be on their way out of the league. They had so many young guys who had stuff to prove, but they still just all seemed just happy to play for each other, even if they were on the bench when they could be getting minutes on a different team and maybe get a bigger contract. They all just seemed so happy to be on that team, and that's the exact opposite of the Bulls. So I'd love to see them get Kenny Atkinson. I don't think he's the greatest like X's and O's coach, but I think he's a great guy to change a culture, and he's a great developmental coach. And the Bulls have so much young talent, so I'd love to see them get Kenny Atkinson. Some other guys they're looking at are West Sunsell Jr., uh, Adrian Griffin, and Darvin Ham. I don't really know much about those guys because those guys are all assistants, but uh, anything's basically better than Jim Boylan. So I'm interested to see what the Bulls do in the future. I really hope they get Kenny Atkinson, and I just want to see the Bulls be good again. I like that they're changing everything. They got their uh, new... GM, they're really overhauling that entire franchise, and they really needed it because they just had so many issues. Like with the health thing, it came out that they only had one trainer, one trainer for 15 players. They just need to make so many changes, but if they do make those changes, uh, I think they can be a good team. They have the talent. They just need to stay healthy. Hopefully this new GM is making a bunch of changes Hiring more trainers than just one, because that's ridiculous. That could be a big reason why so many people were getting injured on that team. So, yeah. I'll be interested to see what happens in the Bulls' future. And I really like that Jim Boylan is finally gone. And hopefully Chicago basketball is back and actually good again. Uh, Moving on to the second coach fired. We got uh, Alvin Gentry. This was a pretty obvious one if you were watching the Pelicans during the bubble. All the players just seemed kind of mentally checked out. Uh, they were seemed very frustrated with Alvin Gentry. On uh, a play, Lonzo had a wide-open layup on a fast break, and he called a timeout. That was a really bad look. And just throughout the whole bubble, like I don't think Alvin Gentry is a terrible coach. I think he's just an all-right coach. But it, there was something up with the Pelicans. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a chemistry issue. I don't know if it's a lack of leadership since all those guys are like pretty laid back personalities, but there was something wrong with the Pelicans. So I definitely saw the Alvin Gentry uh, firing coming. Basically, everyone expected it. He was the guy that was on the hot seat for everybody other than like Jim Boylan. So I expected it. I'm glad to see it. I think uh, they can really make a good playoff push if they get a good coach next year. The guys that they're interested in uh, that we've heard of so far are Ty Lue, Jason Kidd, and Jacques Vaughn, who's on the Nets right now, so if the Nets don't retain them. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. 
I would actually love them to get Dave Yeager, who was the coach for the Kings last year. I think Dave Yeager is a very, very good coach. It was super unfortunate that he got fired by the Kings because he had some issues with the front office and they were disagreeing on who they wanted to play. But I think Dave Yeager is a great coach and he'd fit the style of the Pelicans perfectly where Dave Yeager had the Kings running up and down the floor. They were uh, taking advantage of De'Aaron Fox's speed. And they were taking advantage of all that youth that the Kings had. And I think that would be absolutely perfect with the Pelicans because you got Lonzo Ball, who is one of the best uh, fast-break passers in the league. You obviously got Zion, who's incredibly athletic. You got Jackson Hayes, who's uh, a big man who's super athletic and is very quick. So I think the hiring of Dave Yeager would fit so well with that team and could really take them to that next level because they already have so much talent. So I really like that idea. I don't really like the idea of Jason Kidd or Ty Lue. I think Jock Vaughn would be a decent idea. But I th- I would actually like Jason Kidd maybe as an assistant for that team, maybe as a high assistant, just because he. it would be interesting to see Jason Kidd coaching Lonzo because obviously Lonzo is getting a ton of Jason Kidd comparisons coming out of college. So that would be interesting. But I think Dave Yeager would be such a good hire for them. He'd fit that up-tempo st- uh, style so perfectly and yeah it, I definitely saw this coming it seemed like it needed to happen there needed to be some change because there was just something wrong with that team I couldn't I can't put exactly my finger on it what it was but there was just something wrong with that team uh, moving on to another team who missed the playoffs we got the Kings so uh, Paige Stoyakovic and Vladi Divac who are two former Kings players have been in the front office for a long time, Vladi Divac being the GM and Pedro Soyakovich being the assistant GM. And they've made plenty of mistakes throughout their time. So I really like that those two are stepping down uh, because this Kings team definitely needs a culture change. They need a roster change. They just need a ton of change in that team. Like Vladi Divac has made some of the worst decisions ever, drafting Nick. Nick Stauskas in the top 10, drafting Georges Papayanis, who was expected to be a second-round pick at 13, and he literally the second he stepped in the NBA, everybody could tell he was not good. Uh, giving Even last year, giving Harrison Barnes that massive contract was not a good idea, and I'm really excited for the Kings fans and Kings future. I really hope they make changes. I heard Luke Walton is probably coming back as coach, which I really don't like. But maybe with some learning, he'll change up his system. He'll go back to the fast-paced style that they were so successful with. Uh, We'll have to see what happens with Buddy Heald, as he seems to really not like Luke Walton as a coach, which makes sense because he was benched. So I'm interested to see what happens in the Kings' future. This definitely needed to be happening needed to happen while they did make some good decisions like drafting De'Aaron Fox the DeMarcus Cousins trade was all right but the draft the other drafts very rough the Marvin Bagley pick even though I think Marvin Bagley still has a lot of potential yeah kid can't stay on the floor at all they drafted him above Luka which will always hurt no matter how good Marvin Bagley is like at least with the DeAndre Ayton pick for the Suns you can kind of live with it just because uh, DeAndre Ayton will still be a good player, and he's proven to stay on the floor most of the time. Obviously, he had the suspension, but that wasn't some very concerning thing because it's not an injury like Marvin Bagley's been dealing with so many injuries throughout his career. So I think this definitely needed to be happen for uh, the Kings to go in a new direction. 
make a change. And yeah, uh, before I talk about my predictions, I do want to talk about the last teams that didn't make the playoffs, teams that barely missed out on it. So uh, I'll start with the Spurs first. They played incredible in the bubble. They outperformed my expectations a ton. I didn't expect them to really do anything. Rudy Gay looked really good. DeMar DeRozan looked really good. Derek White was super impressive. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Lonnie Walker. I like Lonnie Walker a ton and think he has a lot of potential. Keldon Johnson had multiple good games, and I really like what I saw from him. I like Keldon Johnson's future a lot. Uh, and they just have a ton of bright guards. DeJounte Murray is one of the best defensive guards in the league already. Still has room to grow offensively. Still is growing. Uh, the three-point shot is improving drastically. It's still not uh, great yet, but it's definitely improving. So the Spurs' future is something that's really interesting for me. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they keep a guy like DeMar DeRozan and... It'll be interesting to see what they do with LaMarcus Aldridge, too, because they looked a lot better without LaMarcus Aldridge. The team just seemed to fit a lot better. So I'm super interested to see what happens in the future because they got young talent. They got guys who haven't really played yet but have good upside like Lucas Samancic. They have a guy like Jakob Pertl, who's a pretty solid starting center. So they got an interesting future. I would love to see what direction they go into. But, yeah, they played very well. And I'm really looking to forward to see what happens in the future for them. Uh, moving on to the 10th seed, we got the Phoenix Suns. Now, obviously, they went 8-0. and They were incredibly impressive during the bubble. And I just want to give a huge shout-out to the Suns. I know it's tough that they didn't make the playoffs, but regardless, you got to be incredibly happy as a Suns fan uh, for everything that happened in the bubble. Devin Booker looked phenomenal. He's really elevated a ton these past few years into being one of the better players in the league in general, probably around the top 20 range for me. Maybe even the best, the second best shooting guard in the league just behind James Harden. So I really like what I saw from the Suns. Uh, Cameron Payne looked like an NBA player, and he was actually playing pretty well. Uh, Javon Carter played great for them. Uh, Mikhail Bridges was great for them. They just have so much to look forward to. I'd like to see DeAndre Ayton be a little more aggressive because sometimes he can have an issue with a lack of aggression and he should be dominating more than he is. I'd love to see him get to the free throw line more because he takes a lot of like fadeaways and hook shots, which he's pretty solid at. But I'd like to see him really just go into people more, get more contact and get to the free throw line more. But still, you got to be super happy as a Suns fan. Uh, Cameron Johnson, even though I still don't like that pick necessarily for them, just because they could have got him later, it was uh, he was great in the bubble. He was super good in the bubble. Very impressive. Three-point shot, great. Already a pretty decent defender. Has very good size for a four. So the Phoenix Suns have a ton to look forward to. Monty Williams is a great coach. I loved the speech he gave him after the bubble. So I really like Monty Williams as a coach. I really like the Suns roster. I'll be interested to see what they do uh, with Kelly Oubre just because they played so well without Kelly Oubre. And I think Kelly Oubre is a very good player, but maybe he just doesn't fit the best with this team just because like 
guys like Mikhail Bridges fit so perfectly next to Devin Booker, especially as that three-point shot continues to develop. It's not great yet, but he's already elite defensively. Then you got a guy like Cam Johnson who is never going to go out of himself. He's just going to stand in the corner, hit his open threes when they're there, play solid enough defense. So I'm interested to see what happens in their future. I loved what I saw from the Suns uh, in the bubble, and they have to be through the moon about – everything they have to look forward to uh now moving on i'm about to talk about the play-in game that happened yesterday this was a incredibly exciting one it was so much fun and the portland trailblazers end up winning which makes them the eighth seed but shout out to the grizzlies they played their heart out they were obviously missing jaron jackson jr uh john morant had a hell of a game he did everything he could to try and will that team uh, to win that game, so yeah, shout out to John Morant, uh, Brandon Clark played incredible, Brandon Clark is so good, they just have so much to look forward to in the future, I know it's tough that you didn't make the playoffs, because you were set up so well to make the playoffs, and the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury, losing your best player, in my opinion, just hurts a ton for them, so, but you still got so much to look forward to. Such a bright future ahead of you guys. No one expected you to be here. You should be so happy uh, and just looking forward to a great future. We're going to have two of the best players in the league. You got Jaron Jackson Jr. You got John Morant. You even got Brandon Clark. You got Grayson Allen played well in this. Uh, Dylan Brooks has potential. This whole team just has so much potential. You'll still have picks in the future, and yeah, you guys should be so excited. You'll have cap space in the future. You guys have one of the best futures in the league set up perfectly to be one of the best teams of the 2020s. So yeah, even though it was a tough way to go out, especially because you couldn't control losing Jaron Jackson Jr. If you still had him and lost, it would have been a little bit tougher, but you really just couldn't control that. But regardless, you outperformed everyone's expectations, and you should just be very happy about what went on this season. Uh, moving on to the Trailblazers, they played incredible during the uh, playing game, at least offensively. I am worried about them defensively going into the uh, playoffs because their defense has struggled a ton. They barely were able to beat the second string of the, the Nets because the defense was that bad. But the offense has looked incredible. Damian Lillard is on a mission. He has something to prove. He's playing the best basketball I've seen him play. CJ is still such a great second option. I love CJ a ton. He's just such a smooth player. His handle, his mid-range game, his three-point game, he's very good. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, one of the better big men in the league. He had an incredible game. Uh, Shout-out to Yusuf Nurkic. He learned like just before the game happened that his Grandma passed away of COVID-19, rest in peace to her, and he played his heart out for her, uh, put up a game of 20 points, 21 rebounds, had like, he had a couple assists, a couple steals, some blocks in there, Yusuf Nurkic played incredible that game, uh, he's ex- definitely expanding his range to the three-point shot, which is exciting as he's doing that a lot more now, and if he really does that, he can be one of the best big men in the league, uh, you can argue that he's a top five uh, between him and Bam Adebayo, it's a bit tough. But, yeah, they played very well, at least offensively. I need to see them step it up defensively. Melo hit that huge shot. He's been uh, very good for them, even though I still don't think Melo is a great player for, like, winning basketball. 
but he has come up huge for them when they need it, hitting multiple, multiple huge shots. And I definitely think they'll give somewhat of a challenge to the uh, Lakers, but I don't think it'll be a very close series. But I'm excited to see them in the playoffs. And I'm excited to see playoff basketball starting tomorrow. I'll be covering that extensively. It's very exciting. We got so much to look forward to. The uh, the draft lottery will only be in four days. We've got the NFL season in less than a month. we got the playoffs right now. So, yeah, I'm super excited to look forward to this content. I'm going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about the 2020 playoffs and my predictions with the final seating. Uh, okay, I'm back. Hello, everybody. So, time to talk about the 2020 playoffs. I'm so excited for this. Starting tomorrow, we'll get four games of action every single day. And it is so exciting. It's already felt like a playoff atmosphere this entire bubble. So, now that the playoffs are officially starting, I'm incredibly excited. And first, we're going to talk about the 1 versus 8 matchup in the East, the Bucks versus the Magic. Now, I think this will be a very easy series for the Bucks, especially with the absence of Jonathan Isaac, because he's one of the guys that could have gave Giannis a bit of problems just because he has that body frame and defensive IQ to match Giannis. But without him, especially, this is going to be an easy series for them. I got them going 4-0. I think the Bucks need to make a statement in every single series. They need to prove that they're not messing around. And I think they should just try and blow out the Magic as quick as they can, get Giannis as rested as he can for the next series. So I don't think they're going to play any games. They're not going to maybe let the Magic have one game and not care about it. I think they're going full throttle this playoffs and trying to prove something, even though I don't have them uh, winning the East. I think they're going to do everything they can to win the East. And I just think they'll destroy the Magic. I'm just sad we didn't get to see the Giannis versus Jonathan Isaac matchup because it was very fun watching in the regular season. Jonathan Isaac do basically the best you can with guarding Giannis. So we're going to miss out on that, which is kind of sad. But it's an easy series with that. Even though they still have some defenders who can play decent enough on Giannis like Aaron Gordon, it'll be an e easy series. Bucks in four for me. Uh, moving on to the 1 versus 8 matchup in the West, we got Lakers versus the Trailblazers. Now, this one is a very interesting one because they're basically opposites right now. The Lakers were really struggling. Their role players seem to have lost a lot of confidence. Guys like Danny Green uh, were really struggling shooting threes. And the Trailblazers are basically the exact opposite. They have all the confidence in the world. The role players like Gary Trent are rolling, they're on fire, uh, Melo's hit multiple clutch shots, Damian Lillard is on a roll, CJ McCollum is playing great, Yusuf Nurkic is playing great, so this is a, an interesting matchup for me, as the Lakers have been struggling a ton on offense, uh, but the Trailblazers have been struggling a ton on defense, and the Lakers defense is very good, the Portland, Portland Trailblazers offense is amazing, so... It's a bit of a tough series for me to pick. I'm going to go uh, Lakers in five or six for me just because I believe in LeBron and AD to win the series regardless. I don't even think there's a chance that they're going to lose the series, but it's going to be an entertaining series for sure with Damian Lillard being on the role he is right now, having all the confidence in the world like he does now. 
So it'll be a very fun series. I'm incredibly excited for this one just to see LeBron versus Lillard. You got CJ and Nurk uh, against AD. And I think it's definitely going to be a series where LeBron and AD are going to have to play hard. They're going to have to put a lot of energy into the series, especially if guys like Danny Green are struggling with their shot. So I'm interested in the series. It's going to be super interesting just because the Trailblazers, if they do step up on defense, which I don't necessarily expect them to, because even though Yusuf Nurkic is a pretty good defender, and I think he'll do a good enough job on AD, uh, it's still going to be hard to guard AD because it's Anthony Davis. And then the big issue comes with the wing defense on LeBron. If you're having Melo on him, it's Cook session. If you're having Gary Trent on him, even though Gary Trent's a decent defender, he's way too small to guard LeBron. So that's where the uh, tough matchup comes for me. Because the Trailblazers actually do match the Lakers' size, where they got uh, Zach Collins, they got Yusuf Nurkic, they got Hassan Whiteside. So, just matchup by matchup, this is a very interesting series, because there's no one to guard LeBron, but there's also no one to guard that guy Damian Lillard, who has been putting up ridiculous numbers in the past couple of games. So, this is a very exciting series. I don't expect it to be like a seven game series but it may have the feel of the seven game series which is all that matters to be totally honest is the excitement uh the back going back and forth and yeah it's just stylistically an incredibly interesting matchup because they got that size but they can't guard lebron but also how are the lakers gonna guard uh damian lillard and cj mccollum i have no clue because without Avery Bradley, with Avery Bradley, even though Avery Bradley's not some great player or anything, just how hard he plays on the defensive end and how much effort he gives there and how good of a defender he is, I may say this is a sweep or five, or I say this is definitely five games with Avery Bradley. Because if uh, Dame's hot, you throw him on Dame. If, you, if CJ's hot, you throw him on CJ. And even if a guy's like Gary Trent is doing great from three, you just have him run around screens and guard Gary Trent. So uh, this will be a tough series for the Lakers, a lot tougher than they probably would have wanted out of a uh, first-round matchup. So it's interesting to see what happened. I'll be interested to see. The Lakers' role players for me need to gain confidence. They need to start hitting their shots, especially if because if they keep missing their shots, if guys like Danny Green are really struggling and – Danny Green is really a rhythm and confidence player. So if he's continuing to struggle, if he's not hitting his shots, that can be a huge issue for the Lakers in the entire playoffs, even though it may just seem like a one-series thing. That may be a huge domino effect. So that'll be really interesting to see. I need to see the Lakers players step up if they want to uh, really go for that championship, which obviously they do. So it's an interesting series. Definitely the most interesting 1-8 matchup we'll have seen in a while, probably. So I'm excited to watch that series. That series will be a lot of fun. We'll see the first game for that series Tuesday. And, yeah, that'll be a fun series. But I do have the Lakers winning in five or six games, probably. Uh, moving on to the 2-7 matchup in the Eastern Conference. We got the Raptors versus the Nets. Now, this is actually a more interesting matchup than I expected. Uh, it to be going into this just because the uh, the Nets have actually been really impressive during the bubble. They've been playing super hard. They just have this camaraderie around them where even though everybody's counting them out because they're just simply not that good, uh, well, on paper at least, 
but they're all playing super hard. Karis LeVert has been playing his heart out. Like they went five and three in the bubble, which no one expected them to do. I expected them to go like one and seven, but they impressed me a ton during this bubble. Uh, guys like TLC have been playing super hard, and it just seems like they're all playing with something to prove because a lot of these guys uh, are playing for next contracts. So I, I like what I've seen from them, even though I still have this going like five games or four games just because the Raptors are such a good, well-rounded team. This is still going to be a fun series just to see Karis LeVert play as hard as he can, see Joe Harris, uh, see Jared Allen prove that he should be the starting center. Uh, just a lot of these guys have a ton to prove, and they're all playing very hard. They're all playing uh, with vengeance to prove that they deserve an next contract or they deserve a bigger contract. Karis LeVert may be uh, boosting up his trade stock. So I like what I've seen from this Nets team. They showed me a uh, heart and a fight that I really didn't expect. Jacques Vaughn has done a good job of uh, just really rallying those guys all around each other. So I'll be excited to see Karis LeVert play as well as he can, because he's been really fun to watch in the bubble for sure. Uh, the Raptors, other than that Celtics game where they looked really bad, they have looked on fire during the bubble, and they look like they cannot be messed with right now. So I got the Raptors winning 4-5, or five, but it'll be, it'll be another fun series. Uh, moving on to the 3-6 matchup, actually uh, 2-7 matchup in the West. This is going to be a very, very interesting one. We got Clippers versus Mavericks. Now, I do think this is basically the worst matchup that could have possibly been made for the Mavericks, which is tough because as a guy, I'm not a Mavericks fan necessarily, but I love watching Lucas so much, and I love watching Perzingis, where I, unless the Mavericks are playing the Celt for the Celtics, I'm always going to root for the Mavericks. So this is a tough series for me. I do think Porzingis will go off because Porzingis has been incredible during the bubble. His confidence is through the roof. The momentum he's gaining is incredible. So I think he'll have a great series, uh, especially with Zubak. Zubak is a good like, interior defender, but I think Porzingis could give them a lot of problems on the perimeter. They may have to run small ball with like Jamichael Green at the center, which Porzingis may be able to dominate down low if that's the case. So I think Porzingis is going to have a big series. I think Luka will still have a good series. But this is just a really tough matchup for Luka, especially as such a young player. When you're getting uh, every possession, you don't know if you're getting Kawhi or Paul George thrown at you. That is tough. They have so many wing defenders that are going to just make his life tough. Even if Marcus Morrison isn't a great defender, he's going to have that heart, have that dog to him where he's going to, not let him get an easy bucket, even if he's going to get a technical from doing something stupid. Uh, they just have so many wing defenders that are going to make Luka's life so hard. And then the Clippers offensively, Kawhi Leonard has been incredible this season, kind of gone under the radar, to be totally honest. So, yeah, he's been ridiculous. He's going to be a world of trouble for the uh, the Mavericks to stop as their defense has been really, really struggling in the bubble. So they need to step up on that end. Paul George has looked like he's uh, healthy. He's been on a roll. He's been playing very well. Uh, Montrezl Harrell will be back. I think he's going to be playing game one. So that'll be interesting to see how he plays after. Because he's a very big like energy guy. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays after not playing basketball for so long. But I think the Clippers will win. I got them in five. 
maybe six if Luca can re- Luca and Porzingis can really put things together. But I still think no matter what the results are, this is going to be an incredibly entertaining series. This series is going to be so much fun to watch, and I'm super excited for it. It'll be starting tomorrow, uh, and that'll be a game I'm really looking forward to. And it's going to be a really fun one. Mavericks versus Clippers. Just so much star power. You each got the two two of the better duos in the entire league. You got two very well-respected coaches with Doc Rivers. And it's just a fun series. And I'm super excited to watch Luka and Porzingis play out there. You got, like, the young guys versus the veterans. And, yeah, it's going to be a fun series. But I do have the Clippers winning and a pretty tough five or six games so yeah that'll be a fun series super excited really looking forward to that one uh moving on to the three six in the east we got celtics for 76ers now this series with ben simmons i'm saying this right away as a celtics fan with ben simmons i am absolutely terrified that the celtics would lose this series but Ben Simmons is obviously not playing, so I'm pretty confident in the Celtics team. Now, while I do think Joel Embiid will dominate, as he's looked very healthy, he's looked very focused, uh, and while Daniel Tice, I think, is a bit underrated because so many people say the Celtics need a center when Daniel Tice is already a solid center, he's not enough to stop Joel Embiid. Because when Joel Embiid is healthy and focused, he is probably the most dominant player uh, or Giannis, just like physically uh, dominating in the low post in the entire league. Joel Embiid healthy is incredible and a scary sight to see. But my big issue comes when you just look at the rest of these guys. Tobias Harris is almost as inconsistent as they come. Like one night, he'll put up uh, 20 points on good efficiency. The next night, you won't even tell he's there. Josh Richardson... Another very inconsistent player. Uh, Shake Milton is solid, but they really don't have much guard play, uh, they, especially at the point guard position without Ben Simmons. Because even though Ben Simmons was technically playing power forward, he was still playing more of a point guard role. So without that, they really don't have much uh, playmaking. It'll be interesting to see how their offense changes without Ben Simmons. I expect them to run a lot more pick and rolls. Uh, obviously, more post touches for Embiid I expect him to get the ball a ton but I think Brad Stevens will do a a good job of defending him as Brad Stevens is one of the better defensive coaches in the league and even if they can't directly stop him they'll just throw him off throw him a bunch of different looks maybe put even like Marcus Smart on a possession on him for a possession just to throw him off throw him some double teams because Joel Embiid isn't the greatest passer so I think they could make him struggle by uh, throwing double teams, especially if a guy like Matisse Thibel's on the court, uh, maybe just have his man go to Joel Embiid and make Joel Embiid make a difficult pass, especially with the defensive playmakers that the Celtics have. They have a ton of length and a ton of guys who are great at getting into the passing lane, so if they can throw the doubles occasionally, maybe even put a zone out there just because the 76er shooting it can be very questionable at times. I expect uh, Brad Stevens to throw a ton of different looks at Joel Embiid, and I still expect him to have a great series. Joel Embiid is going to do great things. It's Joel Embiid, and it's a healthy Joel Embiid. So it's going to be a fun series for sure. But I have the Celtics winning in five or six. Just the loss of Ben Simmons really hurts because now there's no one to stop 
uh, Jason Tatum. Whenever the Celtics and 76ers played, this is why I was scared of a healthy 76ers team. Ben Simmons did the best job of almost anybody guarding Jason Tatum. Whenever Jason Tatum was guarded by Ben Simmons, he struggled because Ben Simmons is such an elite defender. 6'10", with incredible athleticism, incredible length, great IQ on the defensive end, great effort on the defensive end. So a healthy Ben Simmons could have gave the Celtics a world of problems. And even though Joel Embiid, I expect him to average like 30, 12, two blocks, a couple assists, uh, shoot well from the field, get to the free throw line a ton, get a ton of guys in foul trouble. Uh, I just can't see a big man dominating enough to win a series in in the modern NBA. It's always a struggle for me because so many times I've just hear, heard, uh, heard guys be like, oh, this team has more size, they'll beat this team. But that has almost never worked. And even though the 76ers team is still good without Ben Simmons, they're not good enough nearly to beat the Celtics in my opinion and the big issue for me with the 76ers uh, even with Ben Simmons this was the big issue is what are they going to do in a late time uh, situation where they absolutely need a bucket because the Celtics have the most options out of anybody in the league in my opinion when it comes to late time situations you can give the ball to Kemba Walker, you can give the ball to Jalen Brown, you can give the ball to Jason Tatum, you can give the ball to Gordon Hayward, and it's all going to work. You can run a play where uh, Jason Tatum is running off a screen while Kemba Walker is running a pick and roll. There's just so many things the Celtics can do in uh, crunch time situations, and that's why I have such confidence in the Celtics team, not just because I'm a Celtics fan, just because of that fact that they have so many options in late-game situations. And the 76ers, that's a big issue for them. I don't know if Tobias Harris will be able to close. Even though Joel Embiid will dominate that series, it's a center. And it's not like Jokic, where Jokic can hit those like fadeaway jumpers. He can hit those awkward shots that most centers can't. I don't really see Joel Embiid doing that. So I got Celtics in five or six. It's going to be a, another just fun series. All these series, well, most of them at least, will be fun. They'll be entertaining. It's playoff basketball. It's so exciting. I'm so excited for this. So, yeah. And even though the 76ers did uh, beat the Celtics pretty handedly in the regular season, just by the ser season series, again, they don't have Ben Simmons. Huge detriment. So, I got the Celtics moving on to the second, second round and beating the 76ers. Uh, moving on to 3-6 in the West. This is a very interesting series for me. We got Nuggets versus Jazz. Now, I really just don't know what to expect out of this series. It's such a confusing series for me because every game that the Nuggets and Jazz have played are super close. Let me just look up the scores of these games that they've played. But all of them have been incredibly close. If you just, like, the last game they played, super close. Uh... All the games they've played have been incredible. Like, the last game they played, the most recent one, was so close. It was a battle. It was an overtime battle. Uh, one of the games, Denver by six. Uh, the other game, Denver by three. All these games have been very close. So, I'm excited for this playoff series a lot. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. You obviously got one of the best offensive centers in the entire league. Whereas one of the best defensive centers in the entire league with Jokic versus Gobert. You got the guard 
guard play with Donovan Mitchell. Jamal Murray's coming back. Well, he came back, and he's actually looked pretty good in the game he's played. So it's a super interesting series. The big issue for me, like I said, every time I talked about the Jazz during this, the loss of Bojan Bogdanovic really hurts them a ton. It's a huge detriment uh, for them going into this playoffs, and it's really a tough loss for them. Because with that, I may be saying this is a seven-game series because it's just such a close series. And they are missing uh, Gary Harris and Will Barton. I really don't know what's going on with them. I've seen Gary Harris like exercising in the background, getting his conditioning back. So I don't know necessarily when he's coming back. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury right now. It's been kind of confusing what's going on there. I don't know what's going on with Will Barton either. But this Nuggets team just has so much. They have so many just good basketball players who are going to give the Jazz some problems. I really believe in this Nuggets team. Uh, I believe that Michael Porter Jr. is going to have a huge series. Uh, they don't really have guys to guard him. Like, you can put Joe Ingles on him, and Joe Ingles will play smart, but he doesn't have the physical tools to stop MPJ, and MPJ is, has all the confidence in the world. He's on a roll. I think Nikola Jokic will still do a good job, even though he's got Gobert on him. He gives Gobert the problems where he's more of a perimeter player, and then I expect a big series from Jamal Murray. And I got the Nuggets winning in a very close, like, six-game series. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I'll need to see if Mike Conley steps up. If Mike Conley does step up, if Donovan Mitchell has a big series, I could see the Jazz winning this. I could see it going either way, but I do expect the Nuggets to win. I think Nikola Jokic proved last year that he can be a closer in the playoffs. He was incredible in last year's playoffs, and I expect him to be right on that too, especially with the shape he's in right now, and he's played very well in the seeding games so i do expect this nuggets team to beat the jazz in a very good series a lot of these series have potential to be very interesting very good moving on we got four five in the eastern conference we got pacers versus heat now i think this is an incredibly tough matchup for the pacers especially without uh sabonis I haven't really heard what's uh, going on with him, so I'm just assuming he's going to be out no matter how far he gets into, how far they get into the playoffs, just because I haven't heard anything about him. And the Heat match up so well to the Pacers because TJ Warren has been huge for them, but they have so many wings that they can throw at TJ Warren. And then with Eric Spolster as coach, that is a tough matchup. You got you can throw Jimmy Butler at him. You can throw uh, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala. It's just it's a tough series for the Pacers for sure, especially uh, seeing how poor T.J. Warren played last time they played the Heat. It's definitely very worrying for the for the Pacers going into the series. Uh, Victor Oladipo has looked all right, but I haven't really seen anything that has stood out for me from him yet. So he's going to need to step up. Uh, Miles Turner has struggled every time he's played Bam. So I just think this is a tough series for the Pacers. And I really believe in this Heat team. This Heat team is very, very good. They have so many different guys. I love Eric Spolster as a coach. Eric Spolster is such a good coach, especially defensively. And that's where I really think the Pacers are going to struggle uh, just scoring because they'll be a good enough defense. And the Heat's offense is an incredible uh, but the Heat just have so many shooters, uh, guys like 
Uh, Tyler Hero has played very well in the seeding games, which I love to see as a big Tyler Hero fan. So, uh, Duncan Robinson has had a great season. Jimmy Butler will give uh, TJ Warren a ton of problems offensively. Offensively, So, I just expect this to be honestly a pretty e- easy series for the Heat. It's kind of sad because if the Pacers were healthy with Sabonis, I would expect this to be a much better series. But without Sabonis... With Victor Oladipo still not looking great, I expect this to be a five-game series. Got the Heat winning and moving on to the second round. Moving on to the last first-round matchup, we got the 4-5 series in the Western Conference. We got Rockets versus Thunder. Now, this is a very interesting one with all the storylines going into this. But the sad thing is Russell Westbrook did sustain an injury So that will be incredibly interesting to see what happens uh, there because the injury is a bit of a thing that's still up in the air right now where we really don't know what's going on with this injury. It's some sort of quad injury, and you really don't want to play around with those injuries even though uh, it may not seem like the most serious injury. It's a strained quad, and... It is still just completely up in the air uh, for what's happening with that. It's expected that he's going to miss some of the first round series with his strained quad muscle. But we don't know what's going to happen moving on from the first couple of games. So without, I'm just going to, I'll do two predictions. I'll do without Russell Westbrook and with Russell Westbrook for playing like half the series, I'll say. With Russell Westbrook playing half the series... I'd have to go. Uh, I'd have to go Rockets in this one. Rockets in six for me, probably, just because the Rockets uh, give the Thunder a lot of problems. Where uh, Stephen Adams has been really good for the Thunder this year, but Stephen Adams does not match up well at all with the Rockets. He's gonna have a world of problem trying to do anything on the perimeter. Uh, Danilo Gallinari scares me a little bit with his ability to guard the perimeter too. So I just think this is a really touch, tough matchup for the Thunder. But I think it's still going to be a fun series regardless. Especially just with all the storylines. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Chris Paul can come up clutch and close out some games. It'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Luguen Stort. Because he had an injury that looked a little scary. So I don't know what's going on with him right now. Uh, I'll be interested to see how much Andre Roberson plays. Because he could be a big X factor. Because even though he's not going to do anything offensively, he will play his heart out and play some damn good defense on uh, James Harden or Russell Westbrook. And same with Luguen Stewart. Chris Paul will play as good a defense as he can, and he's a good defender. Shea is a good defender. So they definitely have the guards to defend. But what worries me is the Thunder's lack of depth and then the reliance on having a like a normal bruiser center like Steven Adams. And even though I have liked what I've seen from the Thunder in the seeding games, and this is another series, easily could see this going either way. I Like if the Thunder won in six games, would not be shocked at all, especially the way Darius Baisley's playing. He's been incredibly impressive. Maybe he could be like the small ball center and give the Rockets some troubles because he's been playing so well in these seeding games. Uh, his confidence looks a lot better right now. So that'll be interesting. This is a very interesting series. And then without Russell Westbrook, 
I still may have to go Rockets in seven. I don't, this Rockets team is just so fascinating to me. I will need to see guys like Eric Gordon step up, though, because if it's just the James Harden show and he's just hoping that his guys can make threes, now that is a bit concerning for me. But if there are other guys that are stepping up, I definitely see the Rockets winning this series. But this is a series that is so confusing for me, can go either way, and will be a really tough, fun series. I'm incredibly excited. Really hope Russell Westbrook plays. Hope he gets uh, healthy soon. Just because I need to see the storyline of the Rockets and Thunder playing each other with uh, the trades that happened recently, the trade that happened a while ago with James Harden. I just want to see the storyline so bad. So this is going to be a fun series. I'm really excited for it, and it'll be a very good one. Maybe the best or second best first round matchup in the entire uh, league. Uh, moving on to the second round, we'll go 1 4 for the Eastern Conference. Well, uh, we'll go 1 5 actually because I had the first seed winning. So, uh, Bucks versus Heat. Now, this series is very, very, very interesting. We'll give the Bucks, I'd say, the most problems out of any series for sure, just because. The Heat's defensive scheme, the way they've played the Bucks in this regular season, scares me a lot for the Bucks for sure. Bam Adebayo has played some incredibly impressive defense on Giannis every time they've played. Uh, they got guys now. They got even more guys than some of the last times they've played. They got Jay Crowder. They got Iggy. They have so many things that they can throw at the Bucks. I think Eric Spolstra is a better coach than Mike Boonholzer. He's a much more creative coach for sure. Uh, whenever they've ran their zone against the Bucks, the Bucks have struggled a ton. Uh, and this is a really tough series for me to pick because the Heat have looked way better every time they've played each other in the regular season. And it's it's so interesting for me to pick the series. I have the Bucks winning in seven, but I could easily see the Heat upsetting the Bucks. I'm just simply not a Bucks believer. I don't believe in the crunch time offense, and they also their biggest thing is that the Bucks are one of the best paint uh, defensive teams, but they give up a lot of open threes. And guess what? The Heat have shooters. They have Tyler Hero. They have Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic. They have a lot of guys who can hit shots for them. So I think out of every team in the entire league almost, the Heat match up uh, best just specifically on paper to the Bucks, where they uh, expose every problem with the Bucks. So I could easily see the Heat winning in six or seven games, but I'm going to go with the safe pick. I'm going to go Bucks in an extremely tough seven-game series. I just don't know how far you can go with Jimmy Butler as your best player, especially with how he struggled from uh, three. So I am a little worried about the Heat's closing lineup, too. I'm not just going to say I'm worried about the Bucks because it is a little worrying about the Heat's, even though Jimmy Butler has been a, a pretty clutch player throughout his career. And he have a lot of options. It's going to be a really interesting series. The Bucks will need to uh, be on their A game to win that series. Giannis is going to need to ball out. Uh, Chris Middleton is going to need to play very well. Uh... Eric Bledsoe can't play terrible like he has in the past couple of years. Dante DiVincenzo is going to have to step up. Brooke Lopez is going to have to play good defense on Bam. And this is just a very interesting series. Uh, I want to see this series so bad. 
And I think it will happen. So I would love to see the series so much. This is going to be a great series. And I got the Bucks winning in seven. But this could go either way. This is going to be an absolute war if this happens. Because the Heat just match up so perfectly with the Bucks. And I would love I would love to see an upset. That would be so exciting to see a team like the Heat upset the Bucks. Then it'd be all the storylines about what's gonna happen in Giannis's future, what's gonna happen is in his free agency decision, and uh, do the Bucks need to make changes? Do they need to blow it up? Like it would just bring so many different storylines. Uh, it'd be super exciting to see a team like the Heat, who don't really have like a bona fide star, uh, bona fide superstar, obviously. Jimmy Butler's bona fide star, and I'd say Bam is too, but they don't have a bona fide superstar like the Bucks do. It would be so much fun to see them potentially make a run. So I got the uh, Bucks in seven, but I'd love to see the Heat win. And I really do believe, I believe a ton, that they have the capability to win this series. Moving on to the uh, 1-4 matchup in the Western Conference, we got Lakers versus Rockets. Now this stylistically is such a perplexing series for me to pick just because these teams are nearly polar opposites the rockets are a team that relies heavily on their ability to uh, shoe and make threes and have almost zero inside game while the lakers are a team that relies a lot on their inside game uh, relies a lot on their big men have a very stacked big man rotation and are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the entire league, especially in the bubble. They've been shooting terrible from three. So just stylistically, this is such a hard series for me to pick. I have no clue where I want to go with this series because I could easily see the Rockets winning this series, but it's so hard for me to pick against uh, LeBron and AD in almost any series. So... I'm going to go Lakers in six or seven, but I could easily see the Rockets winning. The Rockets are such a wild card team where if they're hitting their threes at a good clip, because I think the Lakers will give them up at a decent clip just because they don't have that speed that the Rockets do. They don't play at that pace. Uh, it's going to be incredibly interesting. They don't really have anybody to guard uh, James Harden. Like Danny Green could do the best he can, but he's not going to stop James Harden. It's not like he has... It's not like they have Kawhi or Paul George. So this is a really interesting series for me. James Harden would need to play his best basketball. Russell Westbrook would need to be back playing like he did uh, when they were in the small ball where Russell Westbrook was playing out of his mind, playing incredible. He had such a good season. Robert Covington needs to hit his threes. He's been struggling to hit his shots in the bubble. That'll be a big X factor for them. Ben McLemore continues to... Uh, needs to continue to hit his threes. Daniel House needs to hit his threes. Even like Austin Rivers needs to hit his threes. The Rockets would need to step up and play their best basketball, but I could see that happening just because of how much of a wild card team they they are. Anything is possible for uh, for the Rockets to do. So it's a very interesting series. I got the Lakers winning in six or seven, but I could easily see this going either way. The Rockets would just need to be incredibly efficient from uh, three. I'll be interested to see what the Lakers do. I'll be interested to see if they still believe in uh, their big lineup against the Rockets. And I think that could be a huge detriment to them. I expect them to go Anthony Davis at uh, center, have Kyle Kuzma at the four, and play more of a 
uh, traditional normal lineup in the modern NBA. So it's an interesting series, and I got Lakers winning, but it'll be a tough series. It's all reliant on the Rockets' ability to hit threes. Literally, this whole series is all about how much the Rockets are hitting their threes, and uh, it'll be scary, especially if the Lakers are struggling like they have to hit their threes in the bubble. It'll be a very scary series for them, and I can easily see it being an upset. Moving on, we got another super tough series. This is a really tough one for me to pick. We got Raptors versus Celtics. Now, the the Raptors have struggled basically every time they've played the Celtics, and I think the Celtics are a very good matchup for the Raptors because the Raptors have had a have a lot of like wing players and guards who they rely on a lot. Their team is very wing and guard oriented, and that's the that's the Celtics strong suit all day. And Pascal Siakam has struggled a lot during the bubble. He's only averaging like 16 points. And while that hasn't been a worry because their whole team has played so well, uh, as their best player, he needs to step up if they want to win the series. Because the Celtics, again, have four guys who can... They have four guys who can give them 30 points on any given night. And that is something so special. They have three guys averaging over 20 points a game, which is one of the first time. One of the first times in like 30 years that a team has had that. So this is a very interesting matchup for me. Obviously, the Raptors outperformed the Celtics in the regular season just as far as record. But I think these teams each match up very well to each other. Where uh, Jason Tatum is, it's gonna be a hard for him. It's gonna be hard for him to score. It's gonna be hard for Kemba Walker to score because Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet are gritty defenders that won't make anything easy on him. Uh, it'll be hard to score in the on the interior with Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka. Uh, and then for the Raptors, it's going to be hard for Pascal to score because he's going to have Jason Tatum on him most likely. And Jason Tatum is a very good defender. Uh, it's going to, it may be hard for Kyle Lowry to score because they may throw Jalen Brown on him. They, they'll probably throw Marcus Smart on him a couple plays. And Marcus Smart is one of the best defenders in the league. So this is a fascinating series for me. I have this going, uh, Probably the closest series out of any series, maybe other than uh, potentially the Lakers versus Clippers series. But I have this series going in seven games to the Boston Celtics. I'm trying not to be biased here, but I really just do think their late game ability and their ability to close with the guys that they have is really going to be the thing that pushes them over the edge. Now the Raptors, they have a great coach, great defensive scheme, uh, great defensive personnel. They have uh, good scores. They've good depth they have all the things that a good basketball team has but i just think the celtics are a barely better team than them even though the record may not show it they beat them on that christmas day game they destroyed them uh and showed that big issue with the raptors where it's their closing offense and their half court offense that are the biggest issues for me i think the raptors are about league average to below average in half court offense and the Celtics do, again, have one of the best coaches in the Eastern Conference, have great defensive personnel. And this is going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be a war. Like, even if you look at their point differential, the Raptors have a plus 6.3 point differential. The Celtics have a plus 6.4. These teams are so close. Even though the Celtics are five games behind in the uh, standings, I don't really think that shows how close these teams are. I think these teams are absolutely neck and neck on how close they are. And I got the Celtics slightly above them, slightly edging out the series. But again, this series can go either way. I have it going 
seven and being incredibly close almost every single game. And this is going to be such a fun series to watch if it happens. This will be a bloodbath. You get to see uh, Jason Tatum versus Pascal Siakam, which has been uh, debated a lot this year. Uh, Kyle Lowry versus Kemba Walker has been debated a lot. And then you'll get to see if the Celtics' top-heavy and incredibly talented starting lineup will win uh, with their late-game, much better late-game offense, or if the Raptors' depth and uh, experience will edge them out in this series. So it's going to be an incredibly interesting series. I'm super excited uh, to see it happen, and it's definitely a scary series as a Celtics fan for sure. Moving on to the Western Conference 2-3, we got uh, Clippers versus Nuggets. Now, this is uh, a bit of a weird series for me just because I have zero clue how the the Nuggets are going to stop Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Even though they have, like, because I don't know what's going on with Gary Harris, and Gary Harris is one of their better defenders. Paul Millsap is a very good defender, but I don't think he's quick enough to keep up with those guys. Jeremy Grant is a very good defender, but I don't think he's good enough to keep up with those guys. And then Michael Porter Jr. isn't a very good defender yet. So I honestly got the Clippers winning in five or six. Uh, I think Nikola Jokic will have a big series this series for sure. But almost everybody else I see struggling, especially Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Mike Malone said he'll be the starter. And I love Michael Porter Jr. I believe in this kid a ton. I think he's amazing. But it'll be a really tough series for him with those guys defending him, especially if he has another good series against the Jazz. They're going to make it super tough on him. They're going to put a lot of their focus on him. And I think they're just going to kind of be like, Jokic, you can do what you want. Uh, Zubak will do as good of a job as he can defending him. But we're not going to let anybody else do well. They're going to put Patrick Beverly. Uh, on their guards, that'll give them some problems. Patrick Beverly will give Jamal Murray a lot of problems. They're going to put their wings on guys like Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton if he's back. And they're both two very deep teams, but I just think the star power of the Clippers and their ability to close, Kawhi Leonard, may be the best closer in the entire league in my opinion. And I just think that over uh, is just better than the Nuggets simply enough. But the Nuggets will still have a good season. They still have so much to look forward to. So even though I do have the Clippers winning, and I think it'll be a kind of easy series for them just because that star power is too much. That star power is too much for almost any team. And then mixed with the depth that they have, it's scary. They're such a good team. So I have the Clippers winning in five or six, even though I expect a huge series from Jokic. Moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. We got Celtics versus Bucks. Now, again, trying not to be biased because, you know, I am a Celtics fan. So, obviously, I want to see the Celtics win. And the Bucks did go 3-5 uh, and five, well, compared to the Celtics 5-3 and three in these seeding games. And, again, very interesting series because this is another series where the Bucks' lack of late-game offense will be a huge detriment to them. I think uh, the Celtics, even though for some reason Chris Middleton always plays great against the Celtics, I think the Celtics, especially this year, have the personnel to play very good defense on them. I think Eric Bledsoe will be a huge liability in the playoffs, and I think they'll play good enough defense on Giannis. I expect Giannis to have a massive series against the Celtics, but honestly, 
I'm trying not to be biased. It's hard not to sometimes. Just but just seeing how the Celtics have played in the seeding games, they obviously lost the game to the Bucks. But uh, just seeing how that game went, Jason Tatum played terrible. He played flat out terrible. He scored five points. That is the Celtics' best player. They barely lost with some very questionable refing that people that aren't even Celtics fans were frustrated about. Uh, with Kemba Walker, he was on a minutes restriction that game. He only played like 20 minutes. He's been looking very good. Uh, Gordon Hayward has looked great in the bubble. Jason, uh, Jason Tatum, other than that one game, which he played flat out terrible again, he's looked great in the bubble. And the Celtics, uh, last loss, they didn't, didn't play any of their starters. Neither did, well, and then the Bucks didn't play Giannis. But the Bucks looked terrible without Giannis. That scares me. What what are they gonna do without Giannis? Because he only plays like thirty minutes a game. Because he plays so hard in those minutes that it's it's really hard for him to play like thirty eight minutes. So this is a interesting series, and I have the Boston Celtics winning in seven games and making the NBA Finals. This would be such a good series. Every game they've played has been very close in the regular season. Uh, the obviously the seeding game was very close. Both teams didn't play as well as. Uh, I expect them to, but the Celtics played like way worse than I expected to do, and they were still close. I think they match up against this Bucks team very good because the Bucks honestly don't have much depth. Like they have Dante DiVincenzo off the bench, and that's kind of as far as it goes. the The Celtics and Bucks are in very similar situations, but again, I think that clutch offense with Jason Tatum, with Gordon Hayward, with Kemba Walker, uh, with Jalen Brown will be the thing that pushes them over the top into the NBA Finals. And the Bucks' lack of late-game offense will be their biggest detriment. And their just lack of uh, scoring outside of Giannis. Because Giannis, they have to rely on him so much. And he's been in foul trouble in a lot of these games. And if he fouls out, it's over. It is simply over for them, in my opinion. If he fouls out in almost any game, they aren't already winning by a lot. So this is an interesting series. All these games have been close against uh, with Bucks versus Celtics. The Celtics uh, played great during the regular like the regular season without the bubble against the Bucks. Uh, Jason Tatum was phenomenal against those games in those games against the Bucks. I'll be interested to see who Giannis matches up on uh, because he could make things hard for Jason Tatum. But that, then again, they have just so much talent where. Uh, no matter if you stop one of their guys, another guy's going to go off. And as long as Kemba Walker's healthy, that is the biggest X factor in the series for me, is Kemba Walker's health and his play. If he plays very well, and if he's healthy, playing his normal like 30 to 35 minutes, I got the Celtics winning the series, going on to the NBA Finals. But I could easily see the Bucks winning the series. Uh, and if the Heat win, then I got the Celtics in like five or six games, to be honest. But, yeah, this Eastern Conference playoffs is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be so entertaining, especially outside of, like, the first round. It will be so interesting. The second round will be amazing. The Eastern Conference Finals will be amazing. I'm so excited for playoff basketball. I can't believe it's starting tomorrow. We had to wait so much longer this year, but it's definitely been worth the wait. It's been so entertaining. Shout out to the NBA, man. All right, moving on to the two, uh, the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference Final, we got two of the best teams in the entire league, in my opinion, the two best. We got Clippers versus Lakers. Now, this 
This series, man, is so tough to choose. They were 2-2 in the regular season series. and uh, Kawhi and LeBron, are, in my opinion, are basically on the same level. I have them as the first and second best player. Uh, I have Paul George at like the 12th best player, just off the top of my head. And then Anthony Davis at the 7th. The Clippers' depth best definitely beats, beats the Lakers. They have more shooting than the Lakers. The But the Lakers have a better interior presence. I think the Clippers have uh, a better closer, in my opinion, even though, but the Lakers still have a great closing ability with LeBron. It's just such a fascinating series, and it's what we've been waiting for all year. Every game has been down to the wire in the regular season, uh, and then they have guys who step up in the playoffs. LeBron and Kawhi always step up and play their best basketball in the playoffs, so it's so fascinating. I'm so excited to see what happens during the series. I do have the Clippers winning in seven, but again, this this could easily go either way. I think this series relies a ton on Danny Green is going to need to hit shots. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is going to need to continue to play well. Deion Waiters is going to need to play well. Uh, but the Clippers also, they're going to need to play as good as defense as they can on Anthony Davis without fouling, which has been an issue. And this series, man, this is what we've all been waiting for. It's so exciting. I'm incredibly excited. I need this series to happen. Please be no injuries that don't allow the series to happen. Because this is what we've been waiting for all year. L.A. versus L.A. Uh, you got LeBron versus Kawhi. AD versus Paul George. The Clippers depth versus the Lakers just uh, st star power with, in my opinion, the second and seventh best player in the league. It's so exciting. I need this series to happen. I'd love to see this, some games go into OT. I'd love to see some games go down to the wire where we're seeing game winners. I don't really care who, who wins, but I just want to see great basketball, and I think this is what that series would provide. So I got the Clippers winning in seven, but this would be, in my opinion, the closest series out of every single series in the entire playoffs. It would go down to the wire almost every game, and I just simply think the Clippers have a better late-game offense. I think Kawhi is the best closer in the league. I think he's the best player in the league. And it's going to be a hell of a series. I need this to happen. This is the definition of playoff basketball, man. It's such a blast. And, yeah, L.A. versus L.A., I got the Clippers coming on top and moving on to the NBA championship. Now moving on to my finals prediction, we got Celtics versus Clippers. Now this is actually a very interesting series, as every game has gone down to the wire. Jason Tatum, even though the uh, Clippers obviously have fantastic uh, wing defenders, Jason Tatum has played incredible every game they've played the Clippers. He had his, I'd say his best game of the entire season against the Clippers that went to double overtime. They had the overtime game where uh, Tatum dropped uh, Paul George and hit the big three. And Marcus Smart threw the ball off Kawhi's shoes. I think the Clippers won that game by like one or two points. The Celtics obviously won the double overtime game that was in by like one and two points, one or two points. So this series is actually very interesting, and it really would be up to how good can a team with Jason Tatum leading them be? How good can Jason Tatum be? Can Jason Tatum be the best player on a championship team? Can Jason Tatum close games when it really matters the most? Is Kemba Walker going to be healthy? Is Gordon Hayward going to be the Gordon Hayward we've seen all year? And it's a very interesting series. It's 
in my opinion, going to go either six or seven games if it ends up this way. Because these teams each match up very well to each other, and they have so they have a very similar formula where the even though the Clippers definitely have more depth, uh, they both have a lot of star power. They both have incredible uh, ability to close. They both have incredible late game offense. And their biggest weakness is the interior, so it's not like either team is necessarily going to be beating each other up on the interior. And it's just such an interesting series. I think it would be a lot closer than a lot of people would think. And I have the Clippers winning, I'd say, in six or seven games, but this would be such a good series. This would be incredible, man. Uh, I think the Celtics could actually put up a big fight against the Clippers, but... I just think Kawhi Leonard is too good. I would need to see Paul George be playing good because he struggled in the last couple of playoffs. But earlier in his career, he was so great in the playoffs. So it really depends on what Paul George we get for the entire Clippers run. And I have the Clippers winning in six or seven. Kawhi Leonard going home with that finals MVP, being the first player in NBA history to get three finals MVPs on three different teams. That would be so exciting. That would be such a historic accomplishment for them. And I think this would be a phenomenal finals and would be just an amazing playoffs overall. I'm so excited for playoff basketball to start. I can't believe it's really here tomorrow. So, yeah, shout out to the NBA. The NBA has done such a great job with the bubble, has handled it phenomenally, and the playoffs are going to be so exciting. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. Make sure to download. Make sure to share it with your friends. I appreciate you listening. It has been Michael. Peace out.